Good morning, everybody, and welcome to WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. This is 651 Sports Update. I am your host, Mike Resendez, and with me this morning is double STP himself, Eric Erickson. Good morning, Eric. Well, good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me here in the comfortable and warm studio of WFNU. On one of the most ridiculous, obnoxious, crazy cold <laughs> weeks of weather ever. This polar vortex is insane and it, scary. It's lasted an awful long time. And we have, what, two or three more days left of this uh, cold snap? Yes, it's kind of daunting to look at that forecast. So I won't. But I will tell you the, <laughs> the current temperature, the, the car said it was minus 5 on the way down. So Oh, let's, uh, you know what, let's go by my car temperature. It said minus 3. Oh, well, let's be optimistic and go up to minus three. <laughs> I like it. Now, we have a great show lined up today. Uh, we have Tracy Funk scheduled to call in at 1010, Central's athletic director. We will get all of the information as far as what's happening in the world of winter sports over at Central. Eric is here. He can give us a, an insight on what's going on in the winter sports over at Como Park. Um it's amazing how much information you can still gather, Eric, even though nobody is physically in the buildings with each other. Hey, we have become masters at communicating through email, through social media, through websites, through streaming. So, yeah, a lot of information. Not a lot of fans in the stands, but lots of information. And I'm glad we have those things to talk about. I'm glad we have more to talk about than the weather. Our high school sports have been outstanding so far. We've got a lot of teams doing great things we've got results performances and events to break down and share today that's right we have uh information on the scores uh from this past week we have information about sections and state tournaments that the high school league put out on february 4th uh we also have a milestone to talk about yeah uh this a uh, couple milestones actually i think, think i know it. where you may be going so, with that yes. yes you know one of them uh you might know the other one but we'll see let's get things rolling here at 10:03 a.m uh, and uh, when uh, Miss Funk calls in, we will break from what we were doing and uh, talk to her about uh, Central Athletics. But let's start with girls basketball, Eric. On Monday, it was St. Agnes over St. Paul Academy, 64-29. to Bridget Boyle had 27 points, 13 rebounds, and 4 blocks in this game. Jordan Johnson had 13 points and 7 rebounds for the Aggies. On Tuesday, it was Central over Washington, 90-30. to A pair of Central players scored 22 points. They were uh, Anna Reichenwich and Alasia Campbell. For Washington, Jaden Sims led the way with 16. It was Humboldt over Highland, 57-48, and Harding over Johnson, 59-29. On Wednesday, Highland Park, 52, Johnson, 34, Humboldt, 78, Harding, 49, 
uh, Como Park at 90, Central 51. And Eric, this is probably one of the milestones we were talking about or that you were referring to. This was Como Park's 67th consecutive conference win, a nice write-up on minnesotabasketballhub.com. They were on the uh, the front of the homepage uh, yesterday. That story is still up, so if you want to check that out. And did you see your Pioneer Press? I did not see All right, story, well, let no. me tell you more. The uh, Como Central game on Thursday night was a battle of the unbeatens. Both the Central girls and the Como girls came into the game with identical 4-0 and records. So that made for a good storyline, and the Star Tribune was there to cover it, as you said. That's the, uh, the hub and the Star Tribune. It's the mm-hmm. same writers and the same access for uh, publication on the websites. So, yes, great write-up on the game itself. That was nice to see. And before the game in Thursday's paper, uh, the Cougars were on the front page of our St. Paul Pioneer Press sports section. So that article shared some of the frustrations about the limited schedule this year Mm -hmm. and the fact that Como can't play any non-conference games. But beyond that, the story highlighted the talent of this team and, and how they're preparing to make a run for a section championship in state tournament. Overall, it was a good week for Como girls basketball. No uh, media jinx. The Star Tribune coverage, Pioneer Press front page <laughs> coverage, and taking care of business with a 90-51 to 51 victory over the other unbeaten team in the city at that point in time. And then we've got those Humboldt Hawks. Uh, Coach Chava has got, he's got those Humboldt girls working as hard as ever. And with a 4-1 and one record in the city, it looks like their hard work is paying off. So at the top of the standings, you've got Como 5-0, and Central 4-1, and and Humboldt 4-1. and Yeah, we got a, a great mix of parity up at the top uh, this year as well. Uh, you know, in this game, Ronnie Porter scored 30 points, uh, and Chloe Dimitruk had 16 uh, for Central. Campbell led the way with 15 points. Uh, and as you mentioned, it was uh, Central's first loss of the season. So you said you get two 4-0 teams. Something has to give. Uh, and uh, one of those teams, unfortunately, does have to lose. But um, we look forward to uh, more in this. Like you said, they, they're playing each other uh, this season. so um, Just each other. Yep. There won't be any, any outside play until we get to the sections, and we'll talk about when sections start uh, in a little while. Yeah, well. and so there's one more round to go through in the double round, Robin. So um, we got a phone call? Yes. Uh, okay. Let's, let's get Ms. Funk on the line here, and uh, welcome her to the show. Good morning, Tracy. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Awesome. And you can hear us just fine? Yep. All right. Good morning, Tracy. Thanks so much for joining us and calling in on time. How are things going this morning in the polar vortex for you? Uh, cold. What <laughs> <laughs> Stay inside. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, some good advice. Uh, now, Eric and I were just breaking down uh, some girls' basketball scores, um, but can you tell us uh, what it's been like uh, for you as an athletic director uh, this winter? Um, it's been difficult. Um, in in nature, we are planners, and so there's been a moving target with start dates and sections and all games in general, and so that impacts Um, All schedules from officials to workers to buses to space reservations and registrations for sports in general. So there's ripple effects to these changes, and it's been difficult to manage and keep that communication um, up to date and get the necessary parties um, communicated with. So 
We have to remember that we need to remain flexible and keep things in perspective during these times. Yeah, uh, communication is important no matter what, but especially uh, with challenges like these, um, you really need to make sure that uh, everybody is on the same page, especially if you're not able to be in the same room with everybody at once as well. Um, yeah. What What are some of the specific challenges uh, for the coaches and the athletes themselves with the indoor sports? There's been more guidelines that have to be followed um, in order for us and our activities to continue safely. Um, things such as masks and pod sizes, sanitation protocols, um, limited limited time in the buildings and at games, um, just the reduced games in general. Um, there's bus protocols that have to be followed, spectator restrictions, and all of this takes extra work and buy-in and follow-through from the coaches and the kids in order to make it work. Um, and so our hope is that by doing these things, that not only we help to protect each other, um, but we uh, help to protect that we have a full season. Do you think that the kids are compliant and happy to go along with the protocols? Absolutely. You know, the, the kids the kids have been wonderful and, and they're resilient. Um, and I think that the kids also understand that you got to do what you got to do um, in order to keep playing attitude. And, and those are the things, you know, that they have to do. And it may not be necessarily what we want to do, but we see the value in doing it for others and doing it um, in order to be able to continue to play our sports. Right. And the coaches, I, I know they have to be as adaptable as you and um, deal with scheduling snags and, and um, restrictions and all of those things. One thing that people may not be aware of is you mentioned the busing. When the kids have an away game, what is the busing situation? So the busing situation is you have to have assigned seating um, on the buses. And they also um, have to scatter the kids and spread them out um, so that if there were happened to be a, a, a positive case um, to go back and to do contact tracing, um, you know, they have to have a record of who is sitting where and in what context and for how long. Um, and also our buses after every game are bringing a team back to the original site um, and those kids aren't allowed to stay and watch um, the next level as they would be able to do in normal years. Right. So is that coach uh, telling them to go home or is that you following up or a combination and just always being consistent with those standards? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a team approach. It's always a team approach, um, you know, in, in order to reduce the number of people that are in the gyms, um, again, to help um, with uh, with less exposure, less people you have, less expo potential exposure you have. Um, so part of that is is St. Paul protocols as far as the kids go go on a bus and leave after the game is over with. Um, but it also takes the coaches, um, like we said, to always buy in and help and help uh, be prepared for those situations. All right. Well, thanks for that administrative perspective. Let's get to the fun stuff. What are some of the positive things that you've observed or experienced as you're watching the student athletes this winter? Well, first and foremost, and, and, and as always, is the kids and that they're having the opportunity to do what they love alongside their peers and coaches. And, and sports are special in that. Um, and there are a lot of people that are committed to and working extremely hard to provide opportunities for kids right now to play sports. That's all the way down from the Minnesota State High School League to the St. Paul Public Schools, to the coaches, to the athletes themselves. And so, like I mentioned before, things may not be always what we want it to be, but right now people are doing things for others. Um, and to me, I think it's really cool that we're starting to see a little bit more of people moving away from the me attitude to the we attitude to the team concept. Um, <laughs> that's an example of that. Um, 
you know, we may not want to or enjoy wearing these masks every day, but we see the value in doing it for others. Um, these are the small things. Um, again, that you kind of do what you got to do to keep the to keep the athletes playing attitude. And sports has that power um, to unite, and to, and hopefully it doesn't stop there. But it's displayed every day outside of the sport, um, or the court, or the pool, or whatever you know the the playing area may be. So that's really cool to see that happening. Um, on, on a side note, the other benefits are that, as I said, the kids are playing, they're out socializing, they're interacting with their peers, they're competing, again, and not in an ideal year, but it's what um, we have to do to, to have this opportunity. Um, the kids are making the best of it. Yeah. They're resilient, they're having fun, they're enjoying themselves, they're learning life lessons. And through all this, I would hope that they're becoming better people um, because of this as well. There are some life lessons here. We're, we're getting life lessons in gratitude. We're getting life lessons on selfishness. We, not me, is outstanding, Ms. Funk. I, I think uh, that theme sort of sums up the approach for sure. Mm-hmm. So what are some of our, how are Central's uh, winter sports doing uh, on a competitive basis so far this season? Over, overall, we're, I think we're competing very well. Um, you know, it, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, our boys' basketball team is currently 4-1, and one, and um, they're working hard, and it's going to be an interesting stretch down the road to see what happens. The conference is very close right now. Um, I would expect to see, you know, Central kind of in, in, in that top top echelon. Um, so that's that's been fun and exciting. And our girls' basketball as well is 4-1 and one, um, currently, and they're working hard, and they're improving every day. Um, we have gymnastics uh, that's off to a good start. They're 1-1. One and one. Um, so far, and they're really working hard to improve um, their overall team scores. And so far, so good. We went from a 117.3 to a 118.9 between the, the, the first two matches. So that's that's always positive to see that improvement. Um, our girls' hockey team is one and seven, um, and that's a competitive team with all St. Paul. And so they're they've had some really competitive games, and and three they've had three overtime games already this year. Yeah, um, we we had. Um... Uh, Coach Blazon last month and got the rundown on the Riveters. Uh, what do you uh-huh. think of that nickname, by the way? I think it's cool. We think I, I, we it's, love it here. Cool, cool. Cool. You see that woman with the with the arm up? Uh, it, it's a really cool logo. Yeah, we yeah, couldn't we agree more. Logo. But yeah, they've had really competitive results. Three overtime games, as you said. Um, yeah. Yeah. Keep going, please. How are the other uh, teams doing at Central? Sure, we have the boys' hockey team, which is which is a co-op as well. Um, and they're 0-3, but uh, they're working hard every day and improving every day. They've got a new coach and, and um, new systems to follow. So, you know, that's always a challenge when you get a new coach in. Um, and uh, the boys' Nordic team, um, they're really off to a really good start. Um, our conference is going to be close. Again, it's going to be fun down the stretch to see what happens with that conference. Um, and uh, expect to have Central, you know, be in the running there and and, and potentially also at sections. Um our girls Nordic team is racing very well um, as well. And again, you know, looking for them to be in the top two uh, or three in conference and sections. And, and so it should be an interesting finish here as they're kind of winding down. Um, boys swim is 4-0. Um, so they've had a competitive start. Um, they're really working hard to cut down their individual times um, and finish strong as they're just going to be starting to or getting into their second round um, of the season as well. And then wrestling, um, our wrestling team is, is 0-6. However, um, we only have nine athletes out. And this has been probably mm. one of the sports that has really 
um, COVID has really hit us hard because going into the season, we were expecting to have, or going into the year, I should say, we were expecting to have about 25 kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because of COVID, um, we only got nine kids out. And so that's been hard to compete um, from a match-wise perspective. Uh, but the individuals are doing well and they're winning their matches individually. But, um, you know, it's a team sport and all those scores add up. And when you only have nine kids competing, um, it's pretty tough uh, to do that in that way. But um, overall, our numbers are good. And, and it's interesting because we were expecting maybe to have a drop in numbers this year due to COVID. And we necessarily haven't. Our numbers are probably right around where our normal where it would be in a normal year. So um, I think that just goes to show again that kids need sports right now more than ever. And I just want to publicly, again, thank all those individuals that are helping to make this happen because there's absolute value in it, absolute life lessons, and our kids are the ones that benefit the most in a time when they need something. Yeah, we totally agree with you uh, on that sentiment as well. Uh, Well, Tracy, I want to thank you for calling in this morning uh, and sharing uh, all the wonderful news of what's going on. Uh, at Central this winter. Um, We are going to continue on with our uh, scores from this past week, but we want to thank you once again for calling in, and we hope you stay warm, uh, and we'll be catching up with you the rest of the season as well. And thank you. We appreciate your opportunity and always uh, helping to support us and the kids. Thanks, Ms. Funk. Thank you. Have a great day. Stay warm. All right, you too. All right, that was Athletic Director Tracy Funk from Central High School. Um, and Eric, she mentioned that uh, the wrestling numbers are down, which is something we talked about going on uh, at Como. I believe you brought up some stories or some anecdotes about uh, the Como wrestling team in January. Um, and I guess that kind of opened my eyes that, yeah, I guess wrestling probably would be the most affected sport. And it sounds like even talking with athletic director Pat Oren from Highland Park, that those numbers across at least the city here in this conference are down because of COVID. It's not unique to Central what they're experiencing. There are forfeits, multiple forfeits in every dual meet uh, across the city. Um, You can't get all of the weight classes filled when the numbers are lower and then there's things that pop up and you don't have the depth in case somebody's out or um, it's hard, it's challenging. But let's not emphasize the scores so much and the dual meet results so much. Let's worry about uh, giving kids a safe opportunity to wrestle and do the thing they like to do with all of the correct protocols in place. So when they ensure that, and it's just the pure sport of of wrestling, when we know it's a safe environment, it is healthy and great for the kids. That's right. All right, so let's continue on uh, where we were uh, before uh, Ms. Funk called in. Uh, We're going to finish up. We have one last score for girls basketball uh, from this past week, um, and that is uh, Thursday, St. Agnes over Mounds Park Academy, 74 to 48. Now, Boyle had 24 points in this game, Eric, but it's not Bridget Boyle. It's Angelica Boyle. There's another Boyle. Yes, she led the Aggies uh, in that one, and Milani Sandifer scored 14 points as well. Well, what is, do you happen to know, uh, what the Aggies record is this year. Cause it's every time you talk about them, it sounds like good news. So uh, they're close to 500. If I believe oh, okay. if I remember correctly, I looked it up yesterday and of course I don't have it in front of me. Well, so. that's okay. They're competitive and they have um, some, some real leaders and some depth in the scoring column. It's not just one Bridget Boyle leading every night. Other players can step up, huh? including family members. That's right. Uh, 
And over to boys basketball on Monday, it was St. Paul Academy over St. Agnes, 57-35. to On Tuesday, it was Johnson over Harding, 57-26. Central over Washington, 69-55. Humboldt over Highland Park, 88-87. to Now, this is the other milestone that I had brought up. Brian Williams Jr. of the Humboldt Hawks scored 1,000 points in this game. And if that wasn't enough... Brian also drained two free throws at the end of the game to seal the victory over the Scots. Yeah, I was aware of that milestone. I saw that in the uh, paper, and um, Como AD Matt Osborne made sure to get that out to the media because what a great story and what a great night for Brian. And the impact of not just getting your thousandth point whenever it was going to happen but doing the clutch free throw shooting in the final seconds of the game to get yourself a victory on that same night (laughs) uh that is definitely a night that humbled basketball and brian williams will never forget very happy for them that is a outstanding story right and then on thursday humboldt over harding 75 56 uh, Central over Como, 72-38. Highland over Johnson, 50-49. to St. Agnes defeats Mounds Park Academy, 47-40. Javon Jones had 18 points, and Andrew Weber had 12 in that uh, game. If we look at the standings, um, Brian Williams' free throws puts the Hawks in a tie for first place. They are 4-1. and one. So this is just uh, a really exciting time for for the Hawks in boys basketball. The other teams they are tied with at the top include Central, as Ms. Funk um, suggested or alluded to. The the boys are doing great, and they're definitely going to be in the mix for the title in the second round robin of games. Central also with just one loss, and Johnson, the defending city champions, with just one loss as well. So three teams tied at the top. And we always have excellent parity in boys' basketball, and so we're looking forward to the second half of the conference season. All right, let's go over to boys' hockey. Uh, on Tuesday, it was Gentry Academy 7, Johnson 1. Uh, on Thursday, it was Johnson over Minneapolis 5-4, to four, and Hastings over Highland Park uh, 10-0. Yeah, Johnson is overall at this point of the season – Three and three. Um, Tracy Funk uh, let us know that the Highland Central Hockey Co-op is 0-3 at the moment. They play each other for the St. Paul Cup next Saturday night, February 20th at Phelan Ice Arena behind Johnson High School. So that's always a fun uh, game for the trophy, and uh, everybody knows everybody right in in St. Paul hockey. So when the two teams get together next Saturday night, that will be a big fun deal. Yeah, and I didn't have time to to pull it up, but I will uh get it on the next show. Uh Carl Fish, an alumni from Johnson, mm. is doing really well in in uh his college hockey career and I uh, believe he scored a couple of goals. So we'll we'll try to get a an update on how his uh collegiate career is going yeah when when st paul city alumni are playing um d1 athletics uh, especially for the home team the u of m golden gophers <laughs> right <laughs> uh, the whole east side supports and celebrates everything that happens with with him and his team all right over to girls hockey on tuesday uh as we heard just a moment ago uh 
their hockey team has had some ties uh, going on, and especially this week it was uh, – or overtime games as le- at, at least – yeah. I can get that out. Yeah. St. Paul, uh, Sibley Riveters, three, Minneapolis, three, Ella Johnson, Molly Shetka, and Sylvie Berg Messerol scored for the Riveters. Shetka also added two assists, and Ella Graham made 34 saves. It was Simley, two, Minnehaha United, zero. Allison Audette made 29 of 31 saves for Minnehaha United. And then on Thursday, it was North St. Paul Tartan, four, Riveters, three, also oh. in overtime. It's a close one. Berg Messerall had two goals in that contest. Josie Daly had one of her own. Eleanor Hawk, excuse me, uh, was in net and made 28 saves for the Riveters. They are definitely competitive, and we know that was the goal for Coach Blaze to see his team improve and to be in the games with chances to win. And um, I think it was a, a while ago, or at least over a week ago, when they had their first overtime game it was against moose lake and that Mm -hmm. one they pulled out with the victory and 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 a couple of other dramatic overtime games since then that you just gave us the scores on so when you get a win in ot you get a tie in ot and you get a heartbreaking loss in overtime um, you've run the gamut of emotions that can happen in in overtime sessions but all of those are memory makers all of those games that are ultra close and and are overtime games stick with you mm-hmm. uh, some some positive memories some oh so close memories but i'm glad they're making memories this week and uh during the season right yeah and they've had uh quite a few overtime so they're they're right there on the cusp uh, like coach blaze said they're getting getting that competitive spirit uh up this season which is what he wanted to see over to gymnastics on Wednesday, it was Central Como over Johnson, 118.9 to 90.12. Your all-around winner was Eden Hunt from Central, uh, scoring a 30.725. That was the first meet of the season, correct? Correct. Yeah, so lots of good practices up to this point, lots of trainings as they're getting ready for more meets, just getting that initial one under their belt this past week. Everyone's improving their skills and routines, uh, no matter what level they're at. Uh, Ms. Funk was referencing Central's score improved from their first meet to second meet, and that's all you can hope for is to look for that um, improvement. And when you get scores to validate that, it's it's rewarding. Highland is at a high level in St. Paul City Gymnastics. We've talked about that before on this show and talked to them about it, but with their experience and their depth and their talent, they have uh, a serious chance to make a run at the state tournament again. I'm sure that is their goal, and, and we hope they do get there again and, and represent the city. All right, over to wrestling on Wednesday at the Washington Triangular. Uh, it was Humboldt over Washington, 52-30. to 30. Uh, Humboldt over Johnson, 60-21. to 21. Washington over Johnson, 42-30. to 30. Uh, Harding also faced Como Park that night. It was 46-21, Harding over Como. And Highland Park defeated Central 54-9. Highland Park and Humboldt, Mike. Highland Park and Humboldt. They are tied at the top of the conference with 5-1 and one records. They both beat Washington, who wins the conference most of the time. And we heard a great story from Pat Oren, Highland's AD, last time uh, we were together and he called in. Involving their new coach, it was a little joke at the coach's <laughs> expense uh, from the players. 
uh, I think that shows they love them, and there's clearly a bond. They're clicking. Wrestling seems to be going well overall uh, over there at Highland and Humboldt especially. Uh, even with pandemic protocols and even with the uh, the forfeitures we've talked about where, where there are less wrestlers and not every weight class is filled, it appears as if Highland and, and Humboldt have have depth in their lineups and, and they're making the most of it with their results. Another round of city meets are coming up. And uh, with the even matchups and the parity that exists, it should be really fun for everyone. Washington is still in the mix to defend their title. They're 4-2, and two, just one match behind. And Harding is 4-2 and two as well. So I'm just looking up uh, the wrestling schedule here to see when uh, Highland and Humboldt might face each other once again. And that'll be Wednesday, February 17th at the Highland Park Triangular. Well, that's uh, this Wednesday. Yes. So we will... Uh, Keep an eye on that one and uh, see how that one goes. Since that looks like that'll be uh, a match to determine who takes over first place that night. Mm-hmm. Okay, over to Nordic skiing. And on the girls' side, on Wednesday, there was a classic race, uh, and the results were Highland Park, Central, Visitation, Orono, Mound, West Tonka, Holy Family, Como Park, uh, Scott West, and then Avalon Great River. Your individual winner in that race was Molly Manning of Highland Park. On the boys' side, it was Highland Central, Mound Westonka, Orono, Como Park, uh, Scott West, Holy Family, and Avalon, Great River. And your individual winner in that race was Davis uh, Ism uh, Ism of Highland Park. Well, it's business as usual for the most part with Nordic. Highland's amazing. Central's excellent. Como's competing. Everyone's happy to be skiing. Not this weekend, I assume. I hope not. (laughs) But even this week, during the beginning of our cold snap, they were all together at a meet on Wednesday, bundled up, masked up, and skiing fast. This would be a a good time to have a mask on would be (laughs) in this type of weather. You would think that that would be something that would help you out more than anything else. For sure. Haven't you found yourself wearing it? When you go out, I, when I walk the dog, I always have a mask on now. It just helps. It's like getting back to when I was a kid and my mom said, put on your face mask. And I hated the thing. Now I, I'm, I'm liking this COVID mask. It's right. dual, dual purpose. <laughs> it does have a, a unintended uh, great purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, over to swimming and diving. On Tuesday, it was Central 99, Johnson Harding 40, Como Park over Humboldt, Washington 86 to 30. And I do see last night's results are updated, and it was Central over Humboldt, Washington, 95-22, to and Highland Park SBA over Harding-Johnson, 87-50. Yeah, the virtual meets are going as well as they can. There's excitement in the pools when the results are shared. Not the same buzz, not the same energy as, as being together with your competition in mm-hmm. the pool, but the meets have been so close with new, interesting, and super close results, which I'll be able to talk about a little bit more with Como. Um, but the second round of meets should be awesome, and uh, the central Como meet is highly anticipated, I know, from uh, the perspective of the Como boys. And uh, we'll, we'll save that for a little bit, little bit later when I get to some Como Park Cougar news. All right, the time is now 10.31. You're listening to... 651 Sports Update on WFNULP, 94.1 FM St. Paul. I am your host, Mike Resendez. Eric Erickson is your co-host this morning. And uh, if you've missed any part of the show, we had Tracy Funk, Athletic Director from Central, on earlier. 
uh, to kick off the show, basically. Um, and if you missed that and you want to go back and listen, uh, the show will be uh, available via podcast uh, afterwards as well. Now, Eric, we didn't have... Can I back yeah, up for a ahead. second? Sure. You said You said co-host. I've, you've elevated me from, from, <laughs> from guest to monthly guest to co-host. co-host. Wow. Yeah, before you know it, you'll be owning the whole I, franchise. I so. feel like I'm really... <laughs> I'm really evolving with the 651 Sports Update. Mike's given me co-host status. That uh, goes to show that you pay attention to that, and I don't really pay attention to how <laughs> I introduce you. So. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so, Eric, we had section tournaments in the fall. We did not have state tournaments. Um, but this time around in the winter, we will have some state tournaments. There has been some tentative plans released by the high school league. Uh, and I want to go over just uh, some of them here in Nordic skiing. We will have a state tournament scheduled for March 12th. Um, their sectionals will be the first week of March. In boys swimming, uh, the state tournament is scheduled for March 18th. Wrestling, uh, the individuals, uh, well, the state tournament is uh, scheduled for the 25th through the 27th of March. Girls hockey, uh, March 26th through April 3rd. Gymnastics also at the end of March. Uh, boys hockey will be March 30th to April 3rd. Girls basketball will be the same time frame, but they'll go to April 10th. Uh, boys basketball as well, March 30th to April 10th. So we're going to have tournaments as of now. That's the plan. So uh, if if people or listeners were wondering about that, there will be sectionals. There will be state. That's exciting. And it's going to be different, of course, starting with the timing. It's... Um much more compact if you break down when those dates are and look at where the state tournament finals are they're going to be bunched together there's overlap Mm -hmm. between sports girls and boys basketball over the same four-day stretch so it'll be um non-traditional but that's par for the course in 2020 and 2021 we'll make the most of it and give kids the opportunity to play in the tournaments that um everybody always looks forward to so much and I would say that um, it's also important to reference the fact that traditional venues are not going to be in play for a lot of the sports. Uh, I think wrestling is going to be at schools. Right. And swimming is going to be at schools. And um, did you say where, where they were going to do state basketball? No, it was, that was not in the information that I saw uh, yesterday on stpaulsports.org. Yeah, because wrestling's usually at the XL, and it's just right. a, it's just the best for that whole community, uh, the wrestling community across the state to gather. It's such a big event, and everybody wants to wrestle in the X. So they'll be wrestling in a large gym, probably a Hopkins or Lakeville sort of place, and um, it, it'll be different, but the competition is still going to be at that highest level and uh it's still going to be quite special for everybody involved and it's great that the state high school league has been so adaptable and adjustable and they've 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 made schedules and rescheduled and rescheduled again and again i think this one's going to hold up given our current numbers knocking on some wood here but it looks like a good plan that can happen as we get to the end of march and early april now as a as a track and field coach, Mike, I'm a little little worried about the overlap and uh, the late start, but <laughs> but I'm going to be unselfish and uh, look for the good of the whole. Uh, everybody has to be flexible. Right, yeah, and we have, like you said, the 
girls and boys basketball will be going on at the same time. Uh, it kind of takes away from the March Madness based on some of the timing of it, but we can have April Madness this year. That would be okay. Yeah, we'll take whatever we can get for the for the kids and the in the section and state tournaments. Right, and the uh, I should mention too. Late, uh, late yesterday, the NCAA released uh, their schedule for their tournament as well, and uh, I will once I actually see the actual plan for that, I will let people know about that as well. That's going to be different uh, because they have TV and sixty-eight teams, and that's going to be crazy. All right, now is the time of the show. Uh, Eric and I took a month or two off from the team of the month basically because there wasn't a lot of competition going on. So we didn't really have teams to pick. Uh, We are bringing that back now that we have competition going on. Um, And I will let Eric go first with his pick for team of the month. My February 2021-651 sports update team of the month is the... Humble Talks Boys Basketball Team. If you're just tuning in, you get to hear the story for the first time. If you've been with us the whole time, we need to celebrate the Hawks and their 4-1 record and Brian Williams. They've got a solid program at Humboldt. They always compete. They're well coached, always represents with effort, while not always winning a lot of games. And now, this season, to see those standings and find Humboldt at the top, with a 4-1 and one record, combined with the special accomplishment of 1,000 career points for Brian Williams, there's a strong testament uh, to the hard work and commitment going on with Humboldt boys basketball from a player and from the, the whole of the program. So I say, well done, Humboldt boys basketball. Keep up the great work and have fun competing. All right, well-deserved for them. My 651 Sports Team of the Month is going to go to the Como Park girls basketball team, Eric. Uh, Like we mentioned uh, in the beginning of the show, they won their 67th consecutive conference game this week. Uh, They are uh, in at the top of the St. Paul City Conference. Uh, There were a couple of news stories written about them in the newspapers this week, and uh, we talk about them quite a bit. And as you mentioned, the media jinx has not uh, hurt them at all. Uh, they are led by Ronnie Porter, Chloe Dimitruk, and Kaylin Asbury, uh, and the rest of the team. And as Miss Funk mentioned earlier in her interview, uh, this season, and I, I've been seeing it across uh, schools and when you interview coaches uh, this year, they they are talking more about a team and a we aspect versus the, a me aspect. Uh, now, Como Park has always been their basketball team has always been built around the team aspect. And according to minnesotagirlsbasketballhub.com, some of the information that they have and some of their stats, I just want to break them down for the listeners. Uh, And for you, Eric, you probably know this, uh, but they're averaging 26.2 rebounds per game, 27.2 assists per game, and 24.2 steals per game, and they're averaging 3.8 blocks per game. So they are well-rounded. Uh, they're not just scoring machines, but they're also good on the defense and great about dishing it out to each other and making sure uh, everybody has the opportunity uh, to show off their talents on the court as well. Uh, now, they haven't had a chance to play section turn- opponents yet. That'll change uh, at the end of March, uh, but that test, like I said, will come in March, and uh, they will be able to show off the rest of their, their talent to the rest of the section and hopefully the state after that. The state is aware of 
Como Girls Basketball. They are ranked fourth in the state for Class 3A teams. And more important than any of the other stats you've mentioned is the grade point average of the Como Park Girls Basketball team. Um, academic awards were just given out uh, for the semester that just concluded. And um, most of the team was on the A honor roll. Um, those that weren't on the A honor roll were on the B honor roll with just uh, one or two exceptions. They did a team photo where you talk about uh, we, not me. Uh, the couple of individuals who did not make the B honor roll are in the photo sharing the uh, certificate uh, with, with a teammate who had it, uh, wanting to be in, inclusive and encouraging for everybody to become part of that elite group of academic stellar stars. That's awesome to hear. So those are your 651 Sports Update Teams of the Month. Uh, and we do that every uh, time Eric is co-hosting with me. <laughs> uh, so you can expect uh, two more teams uh, on the next show that Eric is on. All right, sir, it is time for you to break down some of the news and going-ons at Como Park. Uh, and then uh, also you can break down what we can expect to see in the Park Bugle. Okay. When you get your next Park Bugle, or if you get your current Midway Como Monitor, you can read about Debate to State, Como Park Debate's duo of Chikamzo Chijoki and Sam Skinner concluded their season at the State Debate Tournament. So they have been a um, fun team to see make progress through the years. They're juniors this year. And Debate in the State High School League has three divisions. And in the Urban Debate League, in which they participate in before they get to state uh, section and state tournaments, they run three divisions. It's sort of like, uh, well, it's the Novice Division, the JV Division, and the Varsity Division, which would be very similar to your Varsity JVC team and, and all of our sports on the court or on the field. And Sam and Chicamzo came in as freshmen and participated in the Novice Division. Next year, they, uh, as sophomores, they, they felt confident to go into the JV division. And this year, they took the big step of going to varsity. And in their first year of varsity debate, they gained confidence. They continued to develop their delivery. And they continued to refine their, their arguments and be ready for defending the other position, which is one of the unique things about debate that I'll explain in more detail uh, in just a minute, uh, but the the short story is they they improved and they got to sections and they felt good about each debate as it occurred, and a couple of them went in their favor and all of a sudden they find themselves uh, in the uh, in the final rounds of competition, and after their final debate they realized we're going to state, we just got second in the section, top two teams qualify. Out of each section, top two teams qualify for state. So their season's extended and going uh, to the most uh, premier competition in, in state debate. Specifically, their policy debate was um, a subject of very topical uh, information and uh, uh, very relevant uh, topics in American society. And... Um, I want to I want to read that to you, 
so that you understand what what we're talking about as far as um, as far as the content here. Uh, it had to do with social justice, and it uh, had to do with uh, criminal justice reform, and the um, r results in which they uh, the way in which they put together their arguments and the results that they achieved uh, just just phenomenal. Uh, they're led by Coach Hansmeyer. She is a veteran teacher at Como, and she's not a debate guru. Um, so credit to Ms. Hansmeyer for stepping up and saying, we need administrative leadership for this program. Urban Debate League pairs a, um, a, a U of M student who, who has experienced high school debate and is currently involved in collegiate debate. They partner and get a, a mentor, so to say, for each program in the Urban Debate League. So we got to give some credit to uh, Josh Lamet, and he helped he helped Chicamzo and Sam and, and all of the Como debaters with their arguments. And um, the the position or resolution I should say that was being discussed was this, Mike: the United States federal government should enact substantial criminal justice reform in the United States in one or more of the following: forensic science, policing, sentencing. And so you take that issue, pretty timely, right? Right. Pretty relevant, right? right? So that, that's cool that you're diving into that current events policy. Uh, they, they constructed their affirmative arguments, uh, and, and Sam Skinner said they were advocating in their affirmative arguments for ending the death penalty, abolishing ICE, and educating people about jury nullification. And then they anticipated how that argument would be refuted, and then put together their counterargument, and they uh, worked with Josh closely on that policy issue, and of course, bounced ideas off of him. But it's their research and their development and their and their words, which are spoken at a very rapid pace. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it on YouTube or social media anywhere, but they write so much and they have limited time that they do this incredibly fast delivery of it. There's also a text provided to the judges, uh, which is necessary because when they're reading it like this, it's hard to understand sometimes exactly what they're saying and every detail of nuances. So it's like that. Jeez. And they do this all <laughs> virtually. That was the other thing that was unique about their communication this year was everything was virtual. So Chikamzo and Sam haven't seen each other in person in a year, but they're debate partners who communicate through their their app and their um, Google Meets, and then go to the competitions, and um, succeeded uh, at a level they perhaps did not anticipate they would, and uh, are really excited for their senior year. That's awesome. Debate and speech, uh, two competitions that are pretty much built for uh, not much change except for the probably the uh, gathering of information, your research, and, and developing a plan beforehand, but two competitions that can be done virtually. Yeah. Um, that is awesome that they were able to score so high in sections and then make it to state. And it's such a heavy subject, but very timely, as you said. Yeah, and they are very humble. And um, like I mentioned, more eager and excited uh, than anything else. They... They were uh, happy to have me um, uh, report on their 
uh, results for the, the, the papers, but there was not a hint or um, even a little bit of um, glimmer of, of um, overconfidence or, um, uh, yeah, 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 we expected that. Very humble and just so excited to be uh, able to basically share debate with a larger audience that may not hear about it. And the last uh, line of the article I closed with was a quote from Sam Skinner. And I, I think it sums up kind of what they both enjoy about debate um, beyond competition and speaking fast. Uh, debate can be a home for anyone seeking education, competition, and or community. Its inclusivity and opportunity is unparalleled. It's a very inclusive, supportive community. They were the only debaters at the varsity level for Como. The rest of the team was in the junior varsity and novice division. And when you have leaders like that who talk about inclusivity and um, being a supportive community, uh, it's no wonder that debate numbers went up this year and why they have so much excitement going forward to keep building the numbers in the program heading into next year. Awesome. That's really good to hear. All right. What else do you have uh, as far as uh, the Como News side of things? Well, there was a big, uh, oh, it just came to me. I was, I, I thought it was so cheesy. I was going to back off. I'm going to use it. There was a big sea change in the <laughs> swimming standings this year in the St. Paul City Conference. Uh, Highland Park SPA has won the conference for countless years in a row. And they lost a uh, dual meet to Central this year. And a few days later, they lost a dual meet to Como Park. Um, and, and that means Highland Park SPA is not at the top of the standings. Como's 3-1 uh, and one and Central's 4-0, and oh, and they are going to meet again. And uh, Como's really looking forward to it. They have motivation. They lost to Central 86-84. to 84. Oh, very close. So they can see it. It's just right there. If I stretch this, you know, if I improve my time by 0.25 seconds, we might have a shot here. So they're really motivated, and they're working hard every day in the pool, uh, and they do work every day. It's six days a week. They're, they're probably swimming right now. They, and I've written about this and shared about this team on the show with you before. They put in the miles and the miles, and they've got energy, and they've got um, a, a great spirit and positivity, and they're looking to um, keep improving at a personal level, control what you can control, but they hope that that improvement leads to a result over Central that would also be um, historic. Um, John Vasepko, who runs the, the website for St. Paul City Conference Athletics, uh, had a note in there about that Highland result I'm sure you saw. It was the first time since... 1996 that Como beat Highland SPA in a dual meet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. That's the year I graduated high school. That's a long time ago. <laughs> that's a real long time ago. <laughs> so it was, uh, that was, that was a big win. I, I think that Como knew they had a shot to do that because they had been so close with Central and then Central beat Highland by a, a bigger margin than that. So I think they knew it was within their reach. But to achieve that, it, it felt good. To, to do something that nobody at your school has done for a couple of decades, that, that's a big deal. So 
The team is led by Ethan Apparella and Caden Warnberg-Lem. They are senior co-captains. And in, in speaking with Ethan, uh, one of the co-captains, who we actually had on the show before at a winter sports preview and now is in my AP government and AP uh, economics class, Ethan was saying that um, there's some real speedy swimmers with, with strong work ethics, including Soren Sackrider. He's a junior. Sophomore Sig Isaacson and freshman Kai Sackrider. And the Sackriders are very supportive of the program. The parents, uh, Andy and Lisa Sackrider, have stepped up to uh, stream the meets live on YouTube. So I, I guess they're the, the one adult that gets access um, to the pool for filming purposes and mounts that camera in the corner and, and records it. So the the parents and um, the kids later can watch the meet, but the parents can track it in live time, and it's not the same as being there cheering and screaming and yelling um, in support of your swimmer in the pool, but maybe they're, uh, maybe they're saying go, go, go at, at home as they watch a live stream on their laptop uh, from the Como pool. So it's, it's working, and the, the level of competition is is high in the city and it's fun and it's it's close and uh, we're looking forward to all of the boys on their respective teams improving their times and and we'll see what happens with those uh, head-to-head results awesome so yeah we look forward to it it's got to be like i said everyone's got to adjust but being a parent watching competition on the laptop like i said isn't the same as being there but i'm sure the excitement level still goes up uh you know, anytime, like for me personally, if I'm at a stadium or watching at home, I'm still as excited <laughs> when when good things happen to the team that I'm cheering for. Yep. All right. So uh, the time is now 10.53, uh, almost 10.54. You're listening to 651 Sports Update on WFNULP. We have got to get to our pro pick, Eric, uh, and wrap things up. Let me set up what we had last time. Um, the last time was a wild pick. Uh, when you were in here, uh, I set the over. A wild on, pick. It was yeah, crazy so or it was a Minnesota wild Minnesota pick? wild. Let me get the information that I've written down here. So last month, uh, I set the over under for the points that the wild would get. So in hockey, you get two points for a win, one point for taking the game into overtime the wild had a chance to gain 26 points if they would have gone undefeated uh in the uh time between the last time you were on and last saturday um i set the over under at 13 and a half you took the under and well covid had an impact on this pro pick which is fine we're gonna we're gonna allow that they i believe they they gained 10 points and then they had to start postponing games because half the roster was out for either testing positive or close contact tracing. Uh, so you're going to get the victory on no, that. No, 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 no. My I, friend, it's so, no, you got to pay better attention. You are in this. You, you, you got to let this ride. We got to see there's, there's one game, the next game they play, that'll be the difference maker. Okay. Cause it's, I think it's, um, yeah, it's 12 points. I think they're sitting on 12, 12 points. points. Okay, yeah. I counted 10 last And if night. you set the line at 13 and a half. Right. All right, if they win, they got it. They go over. All right, so it, we're going to let it, this one ride yeah, one more game. Yeah, I got to okay. give you a shot, man. All right, all right. I, I want to congratulate you. On, on <laughs> I se- want you to congratulate <laughs> No, you said, you set a great line. You set the over-under number perfectly. 
See, if the pro pick comes down to the wire, if it goes down to the last game or moment, you know you've done well right. with your pro pick setup. So congrats on that. <laughs> now, as for the results, we'll see. Now, I'll either go to, to 27 and 18 if the Wild lose because that would give me the under. So if they lose, I win the pro pick. Right. And I'd be 27 and 18. Or I might slide back to 26 and 19 if the Wild win that next game. <laughs> so I, I won't say what your record is because <laughs> it's too obvious to require right. elaboration. <laughs> and I don't want to embarrass you. Uh, so let, we'll, we'll let that game ride and see what happens with the Wild. And, and we'll also start to track the Timberwolves. All right. For this month's pro pick, we're going to the Wolves. Haven't, haven't been to the T-Wolves in a while. So here we go. Will the Minnesota Timberwolves in their next 10 games win over or under two and a half games? <laughs> wow. The over means they'll win three or more of their next 10 games. A 30% winning percentage. So what do you think, Mike? The Timberwolves. Oh, man. I can tell you who they play. Sure, let's hear it. I can also tell you that their current winning percentage is about 25%. (laughs) So my line is right in line with where they've been. Um, They play at Toronto. Then they play against the Lakers. Then they play at home against Indiana. Then they play at home against Toronto. Then they go to the uh, Madison Square Garden to play the New York Knicks. Then they go to Milwaukee. Then they go to Chicago. Then they go to Washington, and then they play Phoenix, and then they play Charlotte. So I'm sure it's crystal clear, <laughs> crystal clear for you now. After hearing those teams, you know nothing about. I I'm guessing that the Knicks game is going to be close, <laughs> um, but I'm going to go under on that one. That is the most negative pick <laughs> of all time. You're gonna. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, two and a half. You're going under two and a half. A Minnesota sports team can't even win 30% of their games, you're saying? No. <laughs> no, not not the Timberwolves. If we were talking about, you know, hockey, possibly, you know, football, yes, baseball, yes. But, no, unfortunately, the Wolves are in this, just stuck in the situation where it's just not working out for them the last couple of years, and I do not have any faith, unfortunately, I'm probably making a lot of Wolves fans mad, but I do not have any faith that they're going to be turning this thing around anytime soon, and that includes the next year or two. Go Wolves! I am a huge Timberwolves fan always, and now in these next 10 games, I really want them to hit their stride. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. For the benefit of this pro pick, I hope I am right and wrong at the same time. If I'm wrong, then they've exceeded expectations if i'm right then i win another pro pick i think that's good philosophy to go with on this one all right eric thanks for coming in this morning thank you mike stay warm everybody thank you for listening to 651 sports update on wfnulp 94.1 fm in st paul we are frogtown community radio as eric said stay warm stay safe and we will catch you on the next show